Welcome to Cardboard Philosophy, the board game podcast where we talk about nothing serious, seriously. Each episode, we randomly pick from a list of niche, deep board game topics and have at it. So we invite you to join us at the table, listen in on our conversations, and let us know what you think. Welcome to episode three of Cardboard Philosophy. This is a really exciting special episode because it's the first one introduced by me. I am Steven. With me, as always, is Evan and Robert. How's it going, guys? Going well. Yeah, the other two episodes sucked because Steve didn't introduce them. That's good to know. That's right. That's right. That's right. Explains the ratings for sure. Yeah. Yes. Three times the excitement. Three times that we've done this now. Okay. So as usual, we're going to roll a number. We're going to see what we're going to talk about. And then we're going to talk about it. So here we go. And we got a six. So the six on the list today means does size matter? And this is Robert's, right? Yep. Does size matter? So the notes I have down and the stuff we'll be talking about is the physical size of the components themselves and how they affect our emotional responses to the game. Is bigger always better? See the gigantic Cthulhu Death May Die mini. Is smaller always better? see something small like Jiraku, which is arguably smaller than it should be. Um, and then just talking about examples of games that are what we think the right size component-wise versus those that aren't, you know, maybe too small or too big. Um, there's not a specific direction I really want to go. I just want to talk about kind of the, the fact that the raw size of stuff really impacts how much we enjoy games and why, and just examples of us enjoying games less or more because of the size. I'll go off of your initial analogy. I think Jiraku is too small. I love how small that box is. I love how small that form factor is. Scoring that game is miserable because of how tiny mm. the score tracker is. Um, Jiraku being like this really cool mashup of trick-taking and area control where on your turn you're playing a card and you're trying to, been a while since I played it, have the highest value card played of a certain suit and basically, the higher the number, the more stuff you get to do. So you can put more guys out, you can move more guys around, and you're trying to have the most guys in an area by the end of the round because you're going to get a lot of points for that. It fits in the, a box the size of like a standard deck of cards, which I love about it. You can take Jiraku anywhere. You got all these little wooden cubes. You got about six panels for the board. But the problem is the board instead of having a score track that goes around the outside of the board you have a panel of the board that is a specific five by five rows of numbers which makes it really really difficult to know which direction you're supposed to move the cube when you're going down and so we've had games where we're pretty confident somebody inadvertently cheated just because they were moving and went oh i think i just jumped like 10 points more than i should have because they were trying to fit so much into a small area yeah, I think that just goes to show that too small can lead to f the feeling of fiddliness, which makes the game kind of, as a whole, feel less elegant than it is. Because Jiraku is a very elegant game, and, but just the fact that like the, the literal mechanic, I guess, of scoring your piece by moving it along that tiny track, it just mm -hmm. adds like frustration that doesn't need to be there, and that just can put a damper on your kind of reaction to the whole game. Even though it's arguably not a part of like the game design, like the guy who made it didn't design that right it's totally a, a graphical thing but it can still lead you to have negative feelings about the game itself 
which is kind of where, where I want this whole conversation to be, is like non-game design things, like the component size affecting your reaction to the game design itself. Yeah, as a like graphic designer uh, who's done, you know, it just I, usability comes to mind, and like fun, you know the functionality of it, and even accessibility. You know, like not everybody can pick up tiny little cubes and you know like has mm-hmm. the same level of dexterity or you know even like children like depending on the game like how easy it is to grab a piece and move it around or put it where you need it to go like um yeah that can totally change the experience and how easy it is to interact with the game which very much gets in the way of you know the game itself so yeah i mean absolutely i think undeniably there is like a sweet spot where the, the the pieces are each you know exactly how big they need to be um how, how you figure that out or how you define that is probably a little tricky you know probably a lot of testing and trying you know trial and error but um but yeah i think there's probably definitely too small there's probably too big obviously there's um like i also think of uh not to put them on blast but the jordan draper games i love those little yeah. tiny boxes mm-hmm. um and, but there's some of like some of them are really small and they're round, so they'll kind of like roll too. Um, I mean, I don't mind in a way. It kind of just forces you to be a little more like uh, neat and tidy and keep, you know like uh, careful. So like I don't know, maybe there's something to be said for that and that feeling. But um, that's that's like the one of the like extreme examples I can think of where you just have like this really. Uh, he has a couple of the heavier games where like they're really dense and a lot of pieces and a lot of little parts that are very small. Um, and then I'm sure there's stuff that's super big. Um, what's something that has big pieces, like really big, like obnoxiously big? Well, not obnoxious. If we're going to talk obnoxiously big, we're circling back to Ankh. But um, the game that I wanted to bring up, because this is the first game that jumped to my mind when I saw this question, was Oath. Um, because Cole Worley huh. talked a lot about how he kind of blew the budget on that game to get big thick chunky meeples because he wanted you to feel like you were more in power when you were playing the chancellor so oath being like this area control like packs type game where you have like this weird car market and um i don't even really know how to describe the way that economy works in that game but it's a it's a very weird like there's four different victory conditions depending on what cards you draw and all this sort of stuff but they spent apparently a lot to get these huge wooden meeples to play like your main characters and they didn't want to go plastic because that felt like Mm. that was going to convey a different emotion and a different i guess impression on the player they wanted to go wood but they didn't want to go the size of the meeples from their other game root which tends to have like really cute meeples but they're kind of tiny and so Mm -hmm. they went for these really big chunky things and there's this like very large neoprene mat and to me I think they kind of hit the nail on the head with the production of that game because you feel special when you're moving your leader around. You have these smaller meeples, which are like your little peons, which are kind of your grunts and your troops. But, you know, the board is just the right size where it's big enough that it's taking up a lot of the table, but it's not so big that if you have a small table, you're going, ah, where do I put everything? I haven't played Oath, so I can't comment on that. But it does make me think about the concept that certain sizes or textures evoke some first kind of response or mm-hmm. initial impression kind of feeling in people who have played games enough so plastic is like war 
wood is euro mm. cardboard is you know maybe a more the most neutral one it shows mm-hmm. up in both um and so just deciding what kind of texture to use for the components is like a big deal um it'll evoke a certain feeling amongst uh, amongst your players well we just played a uh, royal visit the knizia and yeah. that has the like fabric little mat that rolls out and the pretty mm. pretty substantial wooden chunky bits because those are that that's pretty much it you know and then there's the coin that you flip uh the cards are nice i don't know i don't know if they're like top shelf quality or anything i don't remember but <laughs> they seem fine um but yeah like just that main board and the wooden bits there i was um it it had a certain feel kind of like what you were just describing about oath heaven where like it feels like you know you have the king and the guards and like they feel pretty substantial compared to a lot of the wooden meeples like they're pretty big. So in that case, do you feel like if the king or the guards were smaller, would that shift your perspective of the game before you even play it? Because I think that's what I like about the way they present Oath is you sit down to play that and you can already just kind of read the board state just glancing at it where big purple dude, probably pretty important because he's big. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. Like he's the biggest piece in the game. And I do then love you have that. the other players, which are a little bit smaller, but they're still big. So it's like these are clearly important, but they're not as important as big purple guy. I do love when there's like the affordances like that, where like you can just kind of tell without having to know the rule. It just is very intuitive. And, you know, a piece is the size that kind of communicates something about it. Yeah. Oh, I like that a lot. Um, that's kind of like one of the ways we might judge if it's the right size so does it convey its importance to the game like you're saying it does an oath and then I, I also kind of like the idea that it changes your approach to the game even so when playing those small jordan draper games or duraku you could kind of call it fiddly or you might say you have to be delicate with it mm-hmm. and kind of depending on how you choose to approach you know your um mentality the game you might describe is more delicate you might play it a bit nicer a bit softer Whereas if it's like big and chunky, you feel like you're in power. And so you you approach it as like from a position of power, it becomes a bit more visceral, a bit more mean, aggressive, you know, just all these other adjectives that are opposites mm-hmm. of delicate, cute, you know. I think about crokinole, you know, like I feel like you could make that board of many different sizes, but that size is, I mean... Obviously, it's been around for a while, but like it fits, you know, like it, it's a, it, it yeah. kind of has to be that big to get you feeling like you're really flicking it with a, a good amount of force. And but if it was much bigger, then it would start to be kind of unruly and less accessible. Well, it would also start to change your approach as a player, because the bigger you make the Crocono board, the more power you'd have to put into your flicks. And the inverse right. is true. If you made like a Crocono go, that would almost take some of the fun of the game away because like you'd have to barely touch the pucks for it to do anything yeah exactly it's almost like the size of a game is it's trying to tell you where when how you should play it so like party games you're supposed to play anywhere so they're they tend to be portable that's like where you should play it and they're also small because you should be able to play at any time you don't need uh, a table you know you don't need to to be super awake it should just be a very few very few components you can just easily read a word and then try to make your friend guess it and whatever how you should approach it they often have very silly themes or silly artwork that telling you you know Mm. approach it sillily and so you know the size of of the components comes into all these things so it just really sets the mood and the tone of the game before you know a single rule 
uh, which I'm realizing now as we talk about this, and that's very cool. I hadn't thought about it that way before. I think size really does matter in a party game too, because you think of a game like Wavelength, where you have this big plastic thing with a dial on it, you can kind of get an idea of what you're going to be doing in a game of Wavelength without anyone teaching the rules. You have big plastic thing, there's a dial, we're going to be guessing something and there's going to be a percentage of right and wrong or we're you know some people are going to be right some people are going to be wrong there's clearly going to be some sort of use for that dial it's it's so funny how like everybody gets half of it but then i always there's like one rule when i teach that game that like people get hung up on or like wait you, you got to open the thing this way <laughs> but but yeah it it is and i don't know i think that one like you could make it a little smaller, maybe, but too much smaller, and it wouldn't be as fun when you do the reveal and everybody around the table can see it at once and clearly see where the target is, you know, and there's just something fun about like sliding it back the whole way, you know, like yeah. you could maybe go up or down 20, you know, 30, 40%, but like much more, and it's starting to, yeah, it just wouldn't feel the same. Now, there are games that have, I just, so Azul Mini is coming around. And so there are games that have, right, like a XL or a mini version yeah. and that, or like Hive, that's, a, that's one that I feel like, for me, it's always kind of like a, well, sometimes the like max portability is really nice, but it's really nice having the big chonky tiles, you know, like when you're, if you're just at home and it doesn't matter. With you bringing up Azul Mini, and obviously we can't really comment on this because the game isn't out yet, but at what point does something become too small because like circling back to our comments on Jiraku, that's a game where it feels like it could have probably used an extra you know couple of centimeters on the player board just to give us more elegant or convenient scoring is that something that's going to affect azul because part of the charm of azul is it's a tile laying game so you're you know pulling out all these acrylic tiles over the course of the game you're still going to get that feeling but it's going to be more like you're pulling out tic tacs and you're pulling out you know, chunky pieces of gum. Ooh, hot takes. <laughs> oh, that's not a that's not a hot take. I'm just talking like from a theoretical standpoint or from a philosophical standpoint. Uh, how does that impact your perception of it going into it? I guess in theory. I mean, there's a trade-off, and I think the trade-off is more fiddle for more portability, more mm -hmm. cutesiness maybe even more accessibility in some sense. I know we said that small can be less accessible, but in some sense it's also more accessible in that when you lay out a game and it's small, people are less afraid of it. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you lay out a game and it's really big, people are more afraid of it, and that's just an immediate barrier. Yeah, It doesn't matter how simple it is or how much you try to convince them, no, no, this isn't that complicated. The bigger it is, they'll just put a mental barrier that like, oh, this is probably too much for me, especially yeah. if they're not like a core gamer. So let's circle back to Ankh with you saying that because that's a game like let's say you go a Kickstarter game. all in Ankh being like a, a big chunky dudes on a map game kind of it's it's in the same lineage as a bunch of Eric Lang's other games where you are trying to position yourself maybe lose some battles maybe win some battles to get points um, it's a very positional heavy game yeah you play as um, deities in ancient Egypt so you have like these humongous like chonky very very large you can't see it because it's an audio medium but man like hold your hand like six inches apart and you barely even started to cover how big some of those minis are and then you have your little troops which are what i would call 
normal size troops for a troops on a map game. Yeah. I love the detail on those minis. I think it just like they should have been about half the size. They should be bigger because they're important. Like going back to the oath analogy, like you want to make sure that your eye is being drawn to those guys, but they're so big. It makes it feel like almost a completely different game. They're so large. They feel like what you're supposed to be fighting, not what you're playing as. Well, and then there's the whole functionality thing, which I'm sure Robert would bring up as well of like, I can't see what's behind it if it's too big. Mm -hmm. Right. So it becomes like harder to use in a different way. I mean, bringing Cole Worley up again, I promise this will come back to Ankh. I was uh, watching uh, him on the Heavy Cardboard podcast, and he mentioned really liking Ankh, and this was after I had sold Ankh because I tried it and wanted to love it and just couldn't. And he said he wished there was a mini version of it with like wooden pieces, mm-hmm. like columns and discs and cubes instead of big mini, small mini plastic token. Um, and so I was like, yeah, maybe that's why I didn't like it. Because if Cole likes it, it must be good. Uh, <laughs> so I went out and bought a copy with, that, with somebody who had taken out the minis because they were like a painter. So it was perfect. And then I bought kind of replacement cylinders, discs, and cubes. And I tried it with that. And I think I liked it more. Not enough to, to still own it to this day, but I liked it more. And I think that has to do with the size of the components versus the size of the game, if there's too big of a dissonance there, it works at the game's disadvantage. And so kind of being the right size component-wise means matching up with the size of the game. If Ankh was Mm -hmm. a longer game, you know, kind of more complex, more involved, then maybe those minis would feel a bit more in place. But because it is fairly simple for the genre that it's in, it's not a simple game by any means, but for the genre that it's in, it's quite simple. If the components were simpler in that respect, then it might just... You, you wouldn't feel this dissonance in the back of your mind. Like, I'm doing abstracty move chess pieces, but I'm looking yeah. at minis from Risk. It just doesn't, doesn't quite work in your head. So I think that dissonance is, is a key part of this conversation, too. Is that preconditioning? Or do you feel if you were to take someone off the street and sit them down in front of the game, that the size of the pieces would still speak the wrong message because they're so big i mean they have some preconditioning too that's just different than mine true so i think it's hard to say like pull an alien essentially who's never seen a board game i I don't know what that would be like uh but there's certainly certainly yeah like we were saying in the beginning you know euro gamers like wood and ameritrash gamers like like plastic so there's definitely some of that it's funny because you just said pull a random alien or somebody who's never played a board game i mean that that seems a little tricky. I, I do that. That would be fascinating to have like a chessboard or something and be like, all right, what do you think we do now? <laughs> you know? um, I, I'm still kind of thinking about like the having like the mini or the large version of a game that are both published, and like that to me communicates that there clearly is like an audience for either or, mm-hmm. or people might want to own both. You know, and like it. <laughs> I don't know if it's like a different game that you're like almost getting your like it's like it's more delicate or you know it's just the portability if that's the like if it's just that or if it's just like that some people have a preference for one or the other you know like no I really like that version that's the only one I want to have because it makes it 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 feels like the right size for that game like I guess what I'm getting at is do different people have like the different answer and I think it's yes it's just like all of this very subjective right like what i feel like is the appropriate size for this game and how hard or long or complex it is might be slightly different there's probably like an average you know it's it's definitely Mm -hmm. subjective i mean 
like Medici is the game that people have their own favorite versions of. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the version I like the most, I think I like just because of how small the components are and how few the components are um, relative to the size of its box, just so that putting it on the table or taking it out is not scary to people because it should not be a scary game. So for me, that's fine. And as I know some people who like uh, bigger editions of it because to them, it's a, they play it a bit like more, more meaty. They, they dig into it more. And for me, it's a bit closer to a party game. So I prefer the smaller size. Yeah. I think that's actually exactly what I'm getting at, right? Like it, you want that game to be more of a party game. And so for you, the version that is a little smaller and reads as a party game to somebody who you haven't even started explaining the rules to yet. It just right out of the gate kind of communicate something about it. Um, yeah, like I know the version I have I really like, but to me the board feels a little bit more than what you need. You know, like it's just like a little bit bigger and I kind of wish that was like a little, you know, it just feels like, man, this doesn't quite line up. It has like the, the dissonance you're talking about. Like I love it. I love the art. It, if I could just wave a magic wand, it would be just a, just a schminch motor though. <laughs> I want to touch on one more thing and I don't really okay. know how to phrase this, but I'm thinking of... You know those small cards that you get in some games where it's like not a standard playing card size, it's like those mini cards? Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. know what the actual name for them is. And then you get the other extreme, which is like tarot size, which are like these humongous yeah. cards. Mm-hmm. Personally, as a user with larger hands, I hate mini cards if you're doing anything with them. So like um, Eldorado, for example, or the quest for Eldorado is right. like a deck building game where most of what you're doing is you're playing those cards. And for me, it's a pain because I'm having to shuffle these very, very tiny things with big hands. But having those tiny cards in the game kind of shows off that it's a very light game. It's a very quick game. It's not really something you're going to be spending a lot of time with. If they had gone tarot size, I think that would probably overemphasize the deck building because at the end of the day, it's a racing game. And then on the inverse of that, you have another Reiner Knizia game, uh, Equinox, which has these huge tarot sized cards, <laughs> which make up your yeah. game board and your hand. But it kind of draws a lot more attention to that fact. And a lot of people complain. It's like you're basically just holding this mitt full of paper and cardboard when you're trying to play the game. At what point does what you're trying to convey to your audience and usability start to conflict i guess is the long and the short of what i'm trying to get at i mean i don't think there's a definite this point i but i think they definitely are intertwined right like exactly what you're saying like i i know i've seen a lot of people say that equinox game is very like the the larger it's like the cards are too big i think is a common complaint like you're not the only person who's ever said that and specifically because you lay out a bunch of them right so it covers a lot of table space and i think for a lot of people that's more it's it's like too much space, you know, like it, they just don't they don't have the table for that or that's not for that kind of game. They don't have the table for that. I mean, I think those small cards are the wrong size for the Quest for El Dorado, which is yeah. kind of proven by the fact that the newer versions, which Knizia kind of brought back himself, um, he wanted to unify them all and just have them be under with one artist, um, have regular sized cards. So I think it's it's evident to the designer himself that the cards should be bigger. Mm. Um, in that game and I, and I think standard cards are just a good size because people are familiar with them mm-hmm. so in the in terms of accessibility size isn't just smaller is more accessible point blank but a, a familiar size so a familiar card size immediately i think will put people more at ease 
in their hand like oh i know this from you know my childhood card games i recognize this a small card is almost weird like why is it so tiny i'm used to poker yeah i would also argue that a normal standard size card is the size it is for a reason because that's the size that feels good in most human hands and to shuffle it up and to have to have a hand of those cards like that's about right you know like obviously there's like the american and the europe and the you know there's slightly different the one component i wanted to mention for sure throughout this whole conversation that i'm just getting a chance to now is in a game called botanic it's a two-player game it's a tile placement game i love it super underrated you have to buy it if you like two-player games it's uh, you just take a, you just play a series of rounds, and each round there's a start player, but each round there's only three turns. So if I'm the start player and Steve is my partner, it'll be me, Steve, me, and the next round it'll be Steve, me, Steve. And there's a gigantic, chunky, very cool token to denote first player. So in some sense, it's excessive and too much. But I cannot tell you how satisfying it is when the round is over and you're first player to just like give it to the next person or the next person to just take it from you and just like sliding this piece back and forth, constantly touching it and just moving it back and forth just creates this atmosphere of play that I did not expect it to. But it's, I I always remember the moment. Whenever I do that, I'm like, oh, that felt good. And it has nothing to do with the game at all. And it's so easy to remember who first player is. You could just remember it and not need a piece for it. Mm -hmm. But it just feels so good to slide that chunky thing back and forth. And for some reason that just fits with the rest of the game because the rest of the game is so fast, but it's also very direct. You know, it's very like, you. I did that, and so you suffer and vice versa. And just that first player marker and the movement of it just conveys that. It reinforces that feeling. It just feels so right. Uh, so to me, that is like the perfect component. That I, If you were to ask me to name one, I would say the first player piece in Botanic is perfect. Okay. Is that, are you posing the question to us? It's a fact. There's no question. <laughs> Oh, oh, okay. So, so we can't, we can't, we don't, we don't have no, ours. Go ahead. <laughs> well, what it, what it's, what it's almost coming across is what you're saying, and I'm, I'm definitely taking a lot more meaning out of what you're saying than what you're actually saying, Robert. But in all the games we've discussed, it almost feels like there should be in your production a piece that feels really, really good, or at least a certain size of piece that should feel memorable, and that should be. A core element of the game because in botanic it's hey turn orders changing so i'm going to take this big chunky thing in oath it's i'm the chancellor of this game so i'm going to take the big chunky thing in you know most deck building games it's oh you know the cards feel really good to hold in my hand they're not too big they're not too small they're just right i'm gonna write uh goldilocks it's gonna be the gamer's version and uh, <laughs> she's gonna go and find uh dad's deck builder it's gonna be too big mom's deck builder will be too small but brother's deck builder just the right size. Favorite pieces. What are they? We, we, well, we, need, uh, we need you guys to tell me what your favorite pieces. Oh, I think man. we know Evans, but he's just a cop out in all these episodes. He's like, I'll just talk about the thing we already talked about. What's mine? Guess. <laughs> the take take a stab at it. It's the, it's, the, it's the Oath Chancellor. I actually don't think it is. I is think it, it might be um, the oh, animal okay. meeples in Botswana, the uh, Reiner Knizia Japanese production. <laughs> the amount of the amount of times we say Reiner Kinitia in one of these episodes is yeah I know we're basically sponsored by Reiner at this point um it's really ramped up they're just they're they're bigger than they really need to be but they feel so good to grab from the table and then you get like this little African savanna in front of you you got like elephants and giraffes it's great why does it feel so good even though it's bigger than it needs to be I unfortunately haven't played it so why why does it feel good to grab those 
I think it is something to do with the size of them. Like, I think if they were smaller, it would be less fun almost because part of it is like you're playing cards and the final cards that are played when the round ends determine how many points those animals are worth. And so when you're grabbing that animal, you feel like you're grabbing something that could potentially win you the game, even though you don't know for sure. So there's almost like this mind game going on of which animal you're grabbing and they just feel good to hold. It almost assigns more value to the piece than it's really worth, but you just buy into it because it's so big, so you feel like you're grabbing value. Yeah, stuff. yeah, I think that's a good way of delineating it. I also really like um, Agricola or Agricola, Agricola, which is a that's um, my favorite. That's my favorite soda. It, it's such a good one. They uh, the the zero fat one is like primo, but uh, I like that because you're just building a farm. So you're putting little fences up, you're putting little barns down, you're putting little sheep in there. I'm terrible at that game. I very rarely ever win, but man, you just get a little farm. Even if you're doing terrible, it's like, well, at least I get cheap next round. Um, I actually completely agree with uh, the, I ha- I've I have the Japanese Botswana version as well. It's very great. It's such a light game that I think mm-hmm. the weight, like the having an actual little meeple, gives it. It makes it feel like you got something. Like it really does communicate. Like even though I just put a card down and took a thing, like that thing could be anything. It could be a cube. It could be a tic tac. It could be a you know a chess piece. It could be anything. But it if it was too small, it wouldn't feel like you did anything. Mm-hmm. Or like or it wouldn't feel like this could potentially be worth five whole points, which is a huge deal. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, I think there's something like about those pieces being of a certain weight because there are some versions that they're just like little cardboard tokens, you know, or like circle tokens. And it seems fine, like it works, communicates value. It's kind of like a coin, but there's something kind of nice about the chonky wooden bits that, plus they're just cute. They're really nice colors. They line up with the artwork, you know, they're adorable. Especially if you have this little menagerie of animals in front of you and it all winds up being worth like zero points. I think the weight and the size of the meeples, like, it kind of speaks to that where it's like, oh man, I had all this stuff and it felt so good to get, but I lost the game. Man, that's making me think like maybe I was totally wrong because before this discussion, I always thought like the more complicated a game, the heavier it is, the more it can justify kind of big pieces, you know, like the EGG Lacerda productions. But at the same time, I'm kind of realizing now maybe the lighter the game is, the more it can justify those pieces because it needs to be relevant be uh be there be like just visible and if the game itself is small then if the components are also small i think it'll just be something you pass by too easily so i don't know i i hate to do it but there's a different knizia game there's a different (laughs) knizia game (laughs) just a good example i'm just gonna bring up another one this is another one we got tune in next uh, week when we change the name to the knizia fan oh my god I recently have played Nightmare Production a couple times, and there they have the big statue, like they're like Oscar-looking mm-hmm. statue awards that you get, and they're worth like a big amount, like ten, five points. And it's like again, those could be anything; those could be a little token, a thing. But it's really fun at the end of the round to like pass somebody the big Oscar-like award, and then it just sits in front of you the rest of the game, you know? Okay, I have. <sighs> I'm just going to go with it as my favorite as a gut thing right now. And it maybe will throw more of a thing in the conversation, <laughs> but Pax Premier second edition, the size of those is arguably it's wait, the size of the road I, soldier pieces, all of it. Oh, all of I it. I think okay. it's, it's 
it feels like it got taken to as small as you could possibly go and no smaller. Ooh, this is like the Einstein quote. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. To me, it's a really good example. And so right now it's kind of my favorite or the one that I'm going to list is my favorite just because it it feels satisfying in that way where I feel like somebody really spent the time to figure out like, how can we shave off as much as possible to make this accessible, approachable, you know, easy to get on any table, but like still convey that this is a, you know, a, a serious crunchy game and that still doesn't feel fiddly and like hard to actually use. And I think it nails it. I think it, you know, you can read it, you can see what's going on, you get all the information you need. It's all nice and compact. You know, you don't have to be scanning across five different boards, but yeah. it still is a very, you know, deep, uh, interesting game. Yeah. It feels like it's a classic game as a result of that. Like it doesn't feel like it's only been around for five years. It feels like it was invented in the 70s and has just stood the test of time. And I think part of it is because, to your point, Steve, Everything is the exact right size. It feels like this is the perfect delineation of this game. And it's only been around since like, what, 2017, I want to say, 2018? Yeah. And then you top it off with the the felt, the board, and the little, you know, the, the whatever they're made of, like the ceramic or like... Uh, I think it's resin. Resin, yeah. I mean, it, it feels like a hard ceramic or yeah. piece. You know, like it, it just feels like something that's been around for a while. Um, yeah. Oh, I could gush about the production of that game for a full episode because like now you're starting to get into the tactile feel, which is definitely a tangent. But like the feel of manipulating those pieces, the cloth board adds like this age almost to the game and this um, exoticness to the game. And then you uh, factor in metal coins, which I mean, you can get metal coins for pretty much anything these days. But that's one of those games where I will not bring out poker chips. I'm using metal coins for this because it just transport you more and more into this world into this you know early 19th century afghanistan in this struggle all the pieces all the materials just go back into reinforcing what you're doing yep absolutely well that is i mean getting into the feel and the the i don't know the different emotions that can resonate feels like it could even potentially be another episode i think so i think so What's our summary? It's like, there's no objectively right size for a given game. Different people want different sizes, depending on how big they think the game should be. But there's definitely a right direction that we can usually agree on. Like, yeah, this game shouldn't be so big, or this game should be be bigger. Uh, and mm-hmm. then small can mean fiddly, but it can also mean delicate. Big can mean powerful, just feels good. Chonky, chonky good is really the TLDR which we all knew before this, but I, I think the biggest takeaway for me is kind of the point you made about a lighter game can have more to it and that can aid in the experience. I think I came into this conversation thinking like big imply heavy, small imply light. But the more I think about it, the more I'm thinking like a lot of my favorite light games have pretty thick, chunky pieces, which are fun to manipulate. And I think that adds to the overall experience. You're not necessarily doing a lot of mental gymnastics, but you're manipulating stuff and you're, it's, it's more easy breezy and you're kind of able to just laugh with friends with it, which is what I want from a lighter game. Yeah, I think it's more like proportional to how important it is to that game mm. in a way. Yeah. All right. Well, I've tried to wrap it a few times. <laughs> Anything else? Wrap it. All right, I think we're good. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> um, with that, we're definitely going to end. Um, you can leave us emails at an email. I believe it's cardboardphilosophypod at gmail.com. Did I get that, Evan? You got it. Excellent. And we're here every other week, uh, wherever you listen to podcasts and places like Spotify, Apple, uh, Podbean, was it? Yeah, that's uh, our hosting platform, which also apparently gives us a Podbean link slash pseudo website. So you can listen there. I would say that's probably the least user-friendly experience, but <laughs> there we go. A little behind the scenes. All right. Well, we'll catch you all next time. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.